Hey, welcome to the Art Condition Podcast, a weekly show that will discuss the business, community, and often undiscussed stress and mental health concerns of being a professional artist or even a serious hobbyist. I'm Joby. I've been in the tattoo and illustration professions for 25 years. My co-host is Moose, a data analyst, social media manager, and art agent. If you enjoy the content, please consider visiting the Patreon page and the show notes to help support the effort. Or if that's not an option, please like, subscribe, leave a good review, or just share with your friends. And definitely go visit the links of our guests on this episode. Thanks for listening and have a great day. This week, Blake Davis returns to the podcast. The first time we had Blake on, he was joined by Gavin Gray Valentine, another accomplished artist, and we talked about Kickstarter, as both of them have found a lot of success on that platform. On this episode, we dive a little deeper into Blake's career as a professional artist, and we talked some hard truths about building a livelihood as a creative. We all know that life isn't all wins, and yet, how often do we find ourselves feeling inadequate in comparison to the accomplishments of others. We speak in terms of success and failures, but how often are we comparing our failures with other people's successes? And what do those words even mean? How do you quantify a failure if it is part of a bigger process that ultimately leads you to a big win? Blake is open and honest about the ups and downs of his journey, and through his story we can develop our own perspective on what success and failure means. So please listen closely. These can be difficult and painful topics to discuss, and they require us to be vulnerable, and it can be very difficult to find places where we feel safe to do that. I hope we can have more conversations like this in the future. It's not all sunshine and roses, but the rain and thorns can be beautiful as well. Enough of my philosophical rambling. Here's Blake, and please enjoy. All right, Blake, man, thank you so much for coming back. Dude, yeah, thank you. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, now we have you all to ourselves. We don't have to share you with that that silly Gavin guy. With that, with that handsome, talented man. Jeez. I was about to say, I just did a shout out for you on his Discord, so he pops in. That would be rather awkward. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's just talk about him a bunch. Um, no, let's... Uh, quickly recap. Uh, you have been on before. This is your second time here, right? Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, though, for those that didn't watch that past episode and, God forbid, may never watch that first episode. Um, give us a little so it is bit one of, of our uh, most popular episodes, interestingly. It really? is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, my name is Blake. I am an illustrator. Um, I do a wide variety of things, which we will talk about today. Um, but uh, I think I'm, I'm probably known more for my fantasy illustration. Um, I've uh, wanted to be an artist my whole life and uh, been doing a lot of different things to get there. More stuff that we'll talk about. So, I, yeah, I think this is going to be a really cool conversation. Well, the first time that we had you on, uh, we were talking all about Kickstarter because right. um, you had not too terribly long before that episode uh, aired, uh, you had made a really successful Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, but what have you been doing since then, since we talked to you last? Um, mostly uh, freelance. After that Kickstarter, 
Um, it was all like I I dove headfirst into um, doing D and D commissions, book covers, stuff like that uh, for independent uh, independent clients. And then uh, most recently, uh, just a few months ago, beginning of the year, I got a, a full time job as a uh, homeschool materials illustrator, kind of like a like a like a children's book illustrator, except it's for education. Um, yeah. Time flies. That was like six months ago, right? Dude, yeah, yeah. Jeez, that, that was six months ago. <laughs> time really flies when you have no time to yourself. <laughs> Time flies when you have a second ch- a second kid, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, current career stuff and career stuff in general uh, is definitely going to be um, a big part of what we're talking about. But you went through something, um, you know, in the in the course of getting busier and kind of like ramping up your freelance and uh, you know really putting the full steam into it that I think is worth talking about it's a very important part of the whole professional artistic experience and it does get talked about it's debatable whether it gets talked about enough uh and that's like physical injury um and you went through something pretty serious that you had to you had to like really address and 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 take seriously um can you describe to us like what the injury was you know what you think exacerbated it and you know what you did about it yeah so um so leading up to that event uh i was um uh let's see so okay so it's in in the year prior a little bit of backstory because this will explain why this happened um i had i had lost my graphic design job uh i was working full-time as a as a graphic designer for vehicle wraps um and then lost the job very suddenly very unexpectedly and uh so i dove headfirst into doing conventions and and some freelance you know i was just barely starting so there wasn't a whole lot of freelance going on so um start you know doing uh convention sales with my own original you know prints whatever and that was like you know it's making just barely enough to get by um but you know nothing substantial and so i'm trying to you know push a little bit more freelance and then uh towards the end of that year like november december is where it started to really kick off um mostly thanks to moose's assistance actually uh helping to put me in the right direction um and then i got a ton of work really fast and i was really excited I was pumping out a commission a day, just boom, 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 uh, a character every single day. I'm streaming like it was like, you know, uh, like eight hours a day, sometimes a little more. Or I would I would work like 10, 12 hours a day, but stream like half of it. It was just so much work. Um, But more than just uh, the amount of work, um, I was also not paying attention to my posture not paying attention to how I'm gripping the pen and not paying attention to, um, you know, other drawing processes. So I'm a big fan of a lot of detail in my drawing, a lot of really, really tiny detail. I just, I love doing it. I love how it looks. Um, but, uh, my weakness was drawing chain mail specifically. I really like doing that. Nobody does. And, uh, I, I found it. Why? Cause it'll, it'll, 
cause injury. So, um, so I would draw these, you know, little, little tiny circles and that, and this repetitive motion, uh, along with death grip and bad posture. Um, and also putting, um, putting pressure on my wrist in the wrong place. So I had my, my tablet tilted in such a way that I wasn't resting my elbow or anything like that. It was just putting pressure, like basically right, right here on, on, on this wrist. Um, so all those things combined together, along with no breaks, just working straight, uh, no, no stretching, no icing, nothing, uh, led to, um, this happened on stream, led to me, like not even able to hold my stylus anymore. Um, it was, it was hurting to the point where I, I like, I just, I, I couldn't like move. I couldn't. So I was like, I started to draw, just like hold my wrist and just like <laughs> do this on stream. And then, yeah. And then later I couldn't even hold the pen, right? Like my, my wrist had just given up. So the, the tendons had inflamed all through, all through my, my palm up into my elbow um, and down the back of the hand too. They just inflamed so, so, so bad. So uh i knew that sal the dark cloak uh another great artist and streamer had a similar issue happen to him and so uh i talked with him about it and he gave me some really great insight um as well as uh oh gosh i'm forgetting her name another fantastic artist and streamer she does like the black and white um, daria cut out cut out daria thank you yes daria uh uh, also gave me some fantastic advice because she does a lot of those micro details, you know, really complex stuff. And after talking with them, I learned, all right, I got to, you know, I got to slow down. I got to, you know, get a brace. I got to ice frequently. I got to stretch frequently. Um, and after, uh, after probably a couple of, oh, and also not just taking a break from drawing, taking a break from like using the hand at all. There was one week where I was like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm going to go on this family vacation. So I'm going to take a you know week off of drawing, obviously, and I should be fine after that. Well, I spent so much time on my damn phone. It didn't actually do anything. So it was still the, the same little micro movements that, uh, that still, you know, kept, um, the tendons inflamed so that that did nothing. So if you're having this kind of problem, don't, you know, pick up your phone or start, you know, train up your left hand to do, to do everything. Um, I had to do a lot of that too. I even had to teach myself how to eat with my left hand. Um, you know, shampoo my, my hair with just my left hand, you know, like it was, it was really difficult. It was, it was uh, frustrating. Um, but, uh, but yeah, eventually the pain completely went away. Um, you know, after, uh, continual stretching and icing and keeping my wrist brace braced when I'm not using it, um, to now I, I don't even notice it anymore, but I've also changed how I work a little bit. I draw a little bit more loose. Um, I'll do some tiny details, but, but nothing like, you know, the, the repetitive circular motions like that. That's the killer. Um, in fact, I remember specifically I had gone, uh, you know, several months like without that pain at all. And then I, I did one, one commission where I, I was like, all right, I'm going to draw this chain mail. And then at the end of that commission, my wrist flared up again, right away. I'm like, okay, now I know I can never draw chain mail again. So I, I made a brush that, <laughs> that, 
that does the chain mail for me. I gave up. Uh, it's, it's too bad because it's like still one of my favorite things to do. Um, but that's fine. I would rather I'd rather give that up than lose the ability to draw entirely. So uh, real quick, since you mentioned her, uh, Daria does currently have a sale going on because she lost a lease on her uh, on her uh, what's called the uh, what's, uh, studio. Oh, no. So she's uh, giving doing a thirty percent off everything sale. So if you want to oh, go to dariaxanovaart.com, you can buy stuff stuff right there. There's no promo code needed; just already applied at checkout. Um, so the follow up question for that is, is: How old are you? Like this seems like it's something that you only assume would happen to someone that's like ninety years old, right? Right. About to retire. Yeah, I'm I'm thirty one. Uh, I'm I'm young, but it can still it can still happen to you. Um, slightly off topic, but age does not matter with, with health. It really doesn't like, so I, um, I have a very poor diet. Most people know that I'm a fast food junkie. And just a few weeks ago, I had some weird, like gallbladder pain. Like I'm developing gallstones in here. It's because of a super bad, you know, really bad diet of lots of cholesterol and fat. Um, and, and I'm not, I'm not like an overweight guy. Like I'm not, I'm not huge, you know, I'm, I'm really not, but it doesn't matter. And I'm not old, but it doesn't matter if you don't take care of yourself, you're going to get sick or hurt. And, uh, similarly, Forrest Immel, uh, he recently started having problems with his hands and not because of drawing, but it does affect him while drawing. He started gardening. Oh and, no. And then the gardening carried over to, uh, his um yeah his that'll do it especially in in your your yeah your knuckles that'll that'll do it it'll be interesting to see if it goes away or if it's oh, man. He's with him for the rest of his career now because yeah if he, if he stops gardening maybe it'll go away or who knows maybe it just uh started up and so even if you're not doing anything that's related to drawing you can possibly still injure yourself so yeah, gardening is supposed to be the thing that you're you're that you do to like relax and recharge and do something with your body that, that that's healthy. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, it, it depends on how you do it because, uh, cause you know, Sal, uh, dark cloak said this, uh, did the same thing actually when, when his wrist was like completely useless. Um, he took up sculpting as a way to, um, as a way to, to do something creative while, you know, while not working his wrist. And that actually did help him. So I wonder what it was specifically about gardening that, uh, uh, yeah, that, that made that happen. That's interesting. Specifically, specifically it was pulling weeds. So may that be a different type of gardening that's more strenuous okay. than, uh, okay. yeah. Yeah. There's definitely better and worse ways to, to pull weeds as a yeah. mild yeah. gardening efficient auto myself. That's neither here nor there. But, um, that idea of doing something different with your uh, with your body, you know, or with the muscles to activate and engage different muscles. Um, that's one thing I went through some pretty bad tendonitis uh, a long time ago as well. Um, similar to you, I got like a stretching regimen down and stuff like that. But one thing I, I that came up a lot and sort of trying to research what to do about it um, was this idea of the, that those muscles are just like locked in, they're overworked and you have to, it makes sense when you, when you hear it, but like, you're not thinking about it objectively while you're going through it, but you gotta, if you're using muscles on this side of your body, well, you've got to work out the muscles that are like directly opposite that, like whatever the counterbalancing muscles are that you have to pay attention 
to that. But I'm curious, I, you mentioned, uh, you know, some icing and some stretching, uh, like what kind of, what was your sort of like daily habit to ease yourself out of that? Um, out of the pain or out of the stretching? <laughs> uh, to, well, to ease yourself out of the pain. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it wasn't anything too crazy. Uh, just, uh, just, you know, just some basic, simple stretches, you know, just kind of pull back on, on your fingers for a few seconds and then kind of, you know, this way, um, you know, stretch out the thumb, you know, grab, grab it like that and then kind of pull down like nothing too crazy. Um, and I would do that whenever I would start, uh, pretty much whenever I, uh, I would break as well. I'd draw for, you know, maybe an hour or so, and then I'd do it again. And, um, and then, uh, like lunch breaks, I would, I would just put my, put my arm in a, or put my hand in one of those wrist braces. You get them for like 10 bucks at, at your CVS or Walgreens or whatever, um, or on Amazon even, um, just get one of those, one of those braces, preferably one that has like the, the metal band in it so that you, you know, you can't move your wrist at all. Um, and then I would slip, like, I have like little, little ice packs that I would just slip in there just to, to keep it cool. Um, and I did that for really just a few months, um, kept up the stretching, but the, the icing, um, uh, I, I didn't need to do that for too long. Um, yeah. I think the, uh, what is it called? App? When you have three, have letters that spell out a word that then those, each those letters mean something. Anyway, so it's rice. Acronym. Acronym. That's it. Um, my brain is not great today. Uh, so it's rest, ice, compression, and elevation. Those are the things that you can use to uh, drain the blood basically out of the area that's affected and, and reduce reduces swelling. Um, you can also use ibuprofen if you're not allergic to it. Both my parents are, so I so maybe one day I will be. But um, you have to, I think it's 800 to 1,000 milligrams is the uh, the dosage that it takes to deal with inflammation rather than just be pain relief. Right. And at that level, you do need to eat food with it. Otherwise, it will start to mess with the lining of your stomach. Yeah, so, it'll hurt. This isn't medical advice. Talk to your doctor. But that's, generally speaking, it's over the counter. So the doctors I've talked to have said it's generally fine as long as you're eating food with it. Right. You also but mentioned, you can, go ahead. You can do that uh, three times a day up to. So you can do too much over the course of a day if you do it four times, like six times or something like that. Four pills, six times or whatever. So stick to uh, 800 three times a day as your max. You also mentioned posture. Uh, you know, anytime someone if you're in a room full of people you know and somebody like mentions something about like posture you just you oh, know yeah. like immediately everybody like straightens up <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and yeah so. everybody that's listening to this i'm sure did the same thing um but that's a lot that's a little bit harder to rehabituate you know it's one thing to like get down stretches and stuff but that like lifting your head and pulling your shoulders back getting in back into that that's tough like have you managed to sort of recondition yourself in that way uh yeah one thing i'm still trying to learn some things because it's it's a little bit frustrating and, and you'll understand in a second so i found that my posture got worse as i allowed myself to fall deeper into the zone you know what i mean so like when, when i'm just like totally spaced out and like just working like solid just you know pure creative flow that's when my posture just cripples, just 
you know, I'm, I'm bending myself in half. I'm this close to the screen. I'm death gripping the pen and I don't even realize it. So, um, but that's also when I get the most work done. So I've had to kind of stop my, it's very frustrating. Cause like, I like being in the zone, but my body can't take it anymore. Like, I don't, I don't know if some of you guys remember, but, um, it's probably a few months before my wrist went out, my back was going out. Um, I had, uh, uh, what's, what's that called? Um, dang it. I said it like five times on stream and, or, uh, I was having, uh, sciatica symptoms. I think that's what it's called. The, the, so it's when you're, when a, a disc in your back is compressing and you have like, um, essentially the nerve is like poking out, like in between the herniated disc is, is what it's called. There it is. Um, and when that happens, there's compression on a nerve. And so it's like shooting pain all down one of your legs. And that was horrible. Like I could, I could hardly walk sometimes. Um, so to combat that, obviously it was getting up and going on walks, uh, often, you know, morning and night, just making sure I'm not compressing my back into nothingness, you know, getting some ab and lower back exercises. Um, but, uh, but yeah, also not allowing myself to fall too deep into the zone. Um, and so to do that, I have, you know, I'll have a TV show going instead of just music so that I can break my concentration and readjust and then get back to it. Um, cause just pure music, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll have music from World of Warcraft playing and I'll just be mentally transported while I'm just, you know, working and I'll get sucked into it and then just. And then my, my, my posture just gets worse and worse and worse. So a TV, TV shows help break my attention, break my focus, readjust, get back into it. And so that, that'll usually happen every 10, 15 minutes. So it means I I work a little bit slower, but I work a lot safer. Yeah. That, that break in concentration with a TV show, I've utilized that myself for a long time. And it, it, it's, I don't know, it's kind of counterintuitive in a way to think that uh you know watching a tv show or a movie or something in the background or on a side monitor will actually like help your concentration by yeah. also giving you little nudges to not get like too blown out like you're like you were saying you know and or there'll oh, be yeah. a part in the movie where you're like oh i really like this part and you'll like pause and and you know to like watch that scene in lord of the rings or whatever and like you'll be stretching while you're doing it or you know and stuff like that and it is like uh but then when you get back into that you can't still get into the zone and then the kind of like the drone of the tv show or the movie also helps that because then i don't know that when you're maybe you experience this too uh when you're rendering you know and it's just you're going through the sort of um it's not robotic but you're just at that point you're just you're just kind of like you're you're following the formulas you know like if you you okay the light is doing this and the color is doing this and now i just have to like shade this part you know and i and i know what needs to be done it's you're not going through like whole new abstract concepts you're just going through the motions having that in the background is great to kind of like break that monotony a little bit john cleese called them the open close the open mode and the closed mode Open mm. mode is you're open to new ideas. Closed mode is you're close to new ideas and you just need to get them done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting you bring that up, Joby, because I've I've had to try to explain that to my teachers 
growing up forever. It's like, you know, I, I take, I take the best notes during a lecture when I'm also drawing, like mm -hmm. you, you can't, you can't tell me to not draw because drawing is my notes. Like, <laughs> but you know, who's going to understand that? Like, un unless you're an artist or, you know, or somehow artistically inclined, that's not something that's going to make sense. And you, know, you have to have that, that almost the, the secondary thing happening to keep the primary focus working. It's really weird. <laughs> That's uh, something that all um, Twitch artists will have uh, in droves if they have any people in chat at all, right? They can people have people interrupt their uh, their flow just to yeah. have more conversation. And then that can also be derailing, but let's not go there. Um, <laughs> uh, I was going to say, you can also have your uh, channel points set up if you're on Twitch to uh, then have um, posture check or Joby has stretch break. And uh, similar, just throw in similar things like flip canvas and stuff like that. One thing that um, has really done wonders for me, um, this isn't something, I mean, a lot of people will like, kind of roll their eyes when, when they hear me say it. So I'm, I'm not advocating it as like, oh man, ditch the Cintiq. But once I started using a graphics tablet, like I, I switched away from a Cintiq. I started using, uh, you know, just the flat graphics tablet for anybody else that gets confused as I do always between like, which is which the screen tablet and the graphics tablet, the graphics is the one where you look at the monitor and you're drawing down on the table. I shunned that for a long time. Like that's just fucking crazy. How does anybody work like that? And then someone sent me a free one and I was like, all right, I got nothing to lose. I didn't have to pay for it. I'll give this a whirl for a day and I haven't used my Cintiq uh, since then and the benefit to my posture and the ergonomics of the way that I hold my body while I'm working is huge so I only I mention it in case that registers for anybody else again it's not like an advocation to get rid of the Cintiq and start using graphics tablet but if that rings a bell for you yes Give it a shot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I hadn't had um, any issues. And actually, I was talking to um, uh, to Forrest Emil uh, briefly, uh, probably uh, almost a year ago. Uh, he was having he never had issues until he was working with a Cintiq, um, and so he promptly stopped working with a Cintiq and went back to his graphic tablet, and those issues went away. So um, I probably should do the same thing. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I've still been debating it myself. <laughs> and there's people that work perfectly fine without it. You know, I, you know, like it's, I just want to really, I, to Moose's chagrin, I, I'm repeating myself, <laughs> but it's worth <laughs> saying, you know, that it's, it's not like a, a thing where like, this is going to change your life. You got to right. do it. Colloidal silver, man. You fucking just start drinking it. It's going to fix everything. But, um, Anyway. Not medical advice. <laughs> not, not medical advice, right? And how is it now? Like you said, you don't even really notice it now, but do you have a maintenance strategy, things that you do to make sure you don't slip back into that? Um I'll I'll still I'll still stretch, but I I don't I don't ice or use a brace anymore. Uh I haven't felt the need to. Um and yeah, I haven't had any any real flare-ups. I was feeling it a little bit 
Oh, excuse me. Lunch. Okay. Um, I was feeling it a little bit not too yeah, a couple weeks ago because I, I had this really big intensive project at work uh, that I was drawing, which did include a lot of little details. Um, they wanted a very specific like old school cross hatching kind of style. And so I was very excited about it, obviously. Um, but uh, but yeah, we were kind of rushing to meet a deadline. And and so I was, you know, working a little extra hard. And it was, my wrist was starting to feel a little warm after that, but nothing too crazy. So I just, you know, stretched it out and and called it a day. And, you know, it wasn't too bad. Um, so I, I've been keeping an eye on it, um, you know, making sure that doesn't happen again. But yeah, really the, you know, like I mentioned earlier, um, the uh the the frequent breaks um and the the distraction of the tv show so i don't get you know sucked in too deep has really really helped so um my issue has been that i always forget to do the stretches unless i'm already starting to hurt at which point oh, if yeah. i do the if i do am, am i hurt if i'm hurting and then i do the stretches it makes it worse for me right. so is that an issue for you too or is this uh, just me being stupid and being uh paid, having to pay for it <laughs> <laughs> um it, it might be you just being stupid but uh <laughs> um no i'm just kidding uh there there have been there have been days where i definitely don't stretch you know uh i'll just forget you know something something's going on i gotta i just gotta clock out and i gotta help my wife with the baby you know or we gotta be somewhere and i won't even think to stretch but um uh but usually right before work i will at least have a stretch before work sometimes after it i'll skip it but yeah you said that you're 31. Yeah. You're a, you're a, you're a baby. What would you tell 29-year-old Blake to make sure that this didn't happen? Besides uh, don't do chainmail or make a chainmail brush. <laughs> just chill the fuck out. Just chill out, man. <laughs> like, I I'm so bad about getting, you know, really really worked up um uh you know, panicky about work. Um, about making sure I have enough to, you know, support my family. But, I mean, you know, that's that's been all growing up, right? I, I'm told I always wanted to be an artist, right? I, I have this. I think I made a Facebook post about it. Um, I, I my mom sent me a box of all this grade school stuff, and there's a a picture with like a paragraph of seven year old me. Uh, you know, the, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I wrote an artist, and and I had like some knights and stuff drawn all over it, right? So I've always, always, always wanted to be an artist, wanted to draw fantasy stuff. And, you know, what does society tell you? Well, you're going to be a starving artist. You're never going to make money. You're not going to, you know, that's a waste of your time. You know, stop drawing on your math homework. You need to study, you know, you're, you're, you need to study for a STEM degree. That, that's the only thing that's going to work, right? I'm like, okay, well, no. <laughs> um, uh, I, I was, you know, too stubborn, right? So I... Um, uh, but then, you know, so living the dream, you know, just kind of casually just ignoring people. But then once, you know, college happened and then college ended, and especially as I'm getting married, it's like, uh, well, and now it's real. And so that that pressure of like, oh, wait, now I actually have to prove, you know, prove everybody wrong. Um, and so that worked me up a lot uh you know a lot of stress a lot of anxiety a lot of working myself way too hard um and uh luckily my wife is extremely patient and understanding and is very supportive um and we've you know 
we've been just fine. We've been just fine. There was there was never a point a point where you know we had to ask for help from anybody or ask for food stamps. You know, like nothing. We we were always okay. We were close a few times, but uh, but we were okay. Um, so, if you don't mind me interjecting, yeah, uh, yeah, go ahead. You mentioned you were you're uh, stubborn, and I, I know that to be true as well. But um, and I, you know, I can say that we I have conversations with you, and you do are responsive to them. But would twenty nine year old Blake be receptive to the suggestions that you're making now to use like the chainmail brush and to uh, always check your posture and all that stuff? Like, <laughs> what would it actually take for somebody that's as stubborn as twenty nine year old Blake to to see the light before uh, they have to go through it themselves. Oh, man. Um, unfortunately, I'm one of those guys that needs a wake-up call. Um, for ex- Back to, back to uh, talk about college again. Even when I was in college, it didn't really hit me that I was definitely going to have to prove myself that I can make it financially um, until I got married. And then I was like, oh, crap. Like, my expenses didn't double. They, like, tripled. Uh, I got to make this work. And then, um, but even then I was still like, you know, pretty casual about like, oh, we'll do some conventions. We'll do some freelance, you know? And then I had a baby and then I'm like, oh gosh, now, now this is real. Now this is the real proving. I'm like, okay, now I got to get, now I got to get a real job, you know? Um, and, uh, dude, to convince 29 year old me, like, no way. I mean, it was even just a just a few weeks ago when I talked. You know, I messed messing up my gallbladder because too much fast food, right? Like, you tell me, oh, hey Blake, you should eat healthy and you should exercise. Like, no, it, it takes a health problem to pop up to get me to do it. It's so stupid. I, <laughs> um, I, I wish I could just convince twenty nine year old me to to you know actually listen to good advice instead of just doing what you want to do until it's too late. (laughs) Um, I I think that there's a general uh, thought out there that, so for some people, they're going to just skate on by and not have to worry about it. And that's true until it's not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, No one, no one, no one is exempt. There's, Mm -hmm. it'll get you. If you think that it won't, then that's an indicator that you need to be all the, the more careful. Um, there's advice that you will hear sometimes um, in a lot of YouTube videos. And I don't mind calling them out by name, you know, but FCD from FCD school. Um, and the reason I don't mind calling him out is because he gives a shit ton of great advice, like really, really good advice. But there's one thing that I call out, call him out for, because he's brought it up a couple of times in, in his videos and it's in amongst all the good advice. So you might be tempted to like think, oh, well, this is something like I got to take seriously. But he'll talk about, uh, you know, well, these young kids that are working 12 to 15 hours a day, how are you going to keep up with them if you're not working that much? And he'll like push this like crazy work ethic thing that is like super dangerous and, and unhealthy. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, that's not helping anybody. Like, and and if you're at the peak of the industry that is like requiring that, then maybe let's think a little bit differently about what your expectations are. Dude, yeah. I mean, to to that effect, that's what made me not want to work in games at all. Um, growing up, that's all I wanted to do. 
I'm like, oh, dude, I want to work in, I want to work in video games. You know, I used to, 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 you know, uh, Warcraft two, right. One of my favorite games as a child, I would, I, I played the game. Yeah, sure. But one of my favorite things to do was when I wasn't allowed to be on the computer, I would look through the Warcraft two manual art. And that was my favorite stuff. I'm like, dude, I want to work in games. Little did I know that that's not actually what I wanted to do because I didn't know what that entailed. And in in university and doing research on, you know, what this career actually involves, I actually did watch a lot of FCD school stuff. And I'm like, yo, this this isn't what I want. These crazy deadlines, the insane pressure, the like you're just you're just at at the whim of this big company who, you know, they, they pay too little and expect too much. And I'm like, man, this sucks. I don't want, I don't want this stress and even worse in movies, right? Freaking, uh, you know, movie studios, um, you know, they'll set up shop, hire you on for six months and let you go. It's, it's like, why, why this sounds terrible. It's been, like, if, you know, if I was just a single guy, maybe I might do it, but no, man, I, I, I'm a family man. Like, uh, I, I wanted a wife and kids and I have a wife and kids. And so, I got to do what's best for them. Um, and, you know, moving around the country back when, you know, it wasn't a, wasn't as much uh, work from home stuff going on. That just wasn't, that, that was not something I wanted uh, for my family, nor for me, for my stress levels. So I, I'm pretty high anxiety already. I don't need, I don't, you know, I don't need that kind of a volatile work environment to, uh, you know, feeding that. My understanding is that some uh, game studios are much more uh, cognizant of this issue than others. Mm -hmm. So um, you just have to find the, uh, the person you're willing to work for. And unfortunately, that may mean moving from studio to studio, but uh, game right. development is never a stable career anyway. Um, right. I was considering moving to the industry a few years ago, and um, glad I didn't because everybody I know that has gotten a job there in, like in, in the industry hasn't spent more like two years with the same company. Yeah. Whereas I'm with, been with uh, my company now for the last 11 years. So that's awesome. That's I, I like, like unheard of nowadays. Yeah. Uh, speaking of stubbornness and um, work ethic and uh, a few other things that sort of like tie these threads together and also transitions, I think, well serves as a, a pivot to our, the, the next subject that we wanted to talk to you about um i wanted to go back to something that you mentioned earlier you were doing a character a day you were doing some uh, you were doing D, D commissions and you were cranking out um one character design uh, an illustration of a character per day um and that's that's quick man like you you uh focused it to a science um and knowing a, a bit of your history prior to that and how um in love with detail you are we'll say and what you were just mentioning about how you can kind of be a little bit um stubborn about kind of like learning new things and uh you know allowing yourself to transition into like different mindsets um i know your impetus for your, your inspiration for changing your style up to to become more efficient uh, was a was a monetary thing, but I'm curious um, above that, like what was your process for coming out of this like um, healthy obsession with 
detail and line work and uh, fine noodling into this uh, more, much more efficient but still beautiful style that allowed you to put things out that fast? Uh, well, um, honestly, money was the driving factor for that. Uh, I knew that, um, well, especially in the, I don't want to use the word desperate, but kind of, I, I was desperate to make money and I needed it fast. And I knew that the style that I want to work in, um, was not going to make me fast money. Um, at least not with, uh, I mean, I had, you know, very little following. My, my Twitch channel was still relatively new. Um, so uh, to clarify, the style you wanted to work in was black and white, highly detailed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for examples, um, I, I'm not going to bother pulling them up, but like my, my deck of cards, right? Or, or actually this, this behind me, this right here. Um, that's the kind of stuff that I would work in all the time. That's what I want to work in. Um, highly detailed black and white stuff. But that, that kind of work doesn't make you money until you're a lot more widely known. Um, and uh, yeah, so I had to adapt pretty quickly uh, to, get, um, to get more clients quicker. And so basically what I did was I, I hopped on to um, uh, what is it, a couple of different Reddit channels and just kind of experimented. I'm like, okay, well, if, if your average kind of D&D character price hovers around 100 bucks, what can I do in like two hours time? Um, and so I would do experiments like, all right, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to draw really fast and then I'm going to add color really fast and kind of see it. And it, I, I had some, some really good results and some pretty bad results. And I had to, uh, you know, figure some things out and do some more testing and, but eventually uh, came up with a process that worked really well between line work values and, uh, and color. Um, but yeah, unfortunately the motivation there was you know, purely money. What can I do for, for an, you know, how much work can I get done to the quality that I, I am okay with, uh, while also not shooting myself in the foot. Cause I've done that before. I've, I've, you know, I've done really sweet, you know, covers and stuff, illustrations for way too little money because I was stubborn about, um, about the detail I wanted to do. Um, I think it would be good to go into a little bit of the backstory about, uh, the commissions that you had set up. Um, so back when you were first starting to do commissions, mm-hmm. you didn't want to do color at all. Yeah. And it took me a little bit of convincing of you to even add that into your repertoire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had suggested to you that you try several different price points rather than just one price point per, per picture. Mm-hmm. So that if you wanted to pay you more to do more work, they could rather than them uh, asking you to do a commission, then, then you get giving them one price back which is uh, some uh, some people's strategy and it works for some people, not for others. Um, and so you needed additional uh, price points to come up with. And so what were the original ones or which ones did you end up going with that you remember? Ooh, the original ones. Um, I think I just had a, I think the drawing was a hundred bucks. I wasn't going to do anything for less than a hundred. Uh, drawing was a hundred and I think I had, uh, with shading at like 150 and then color at 200. And I think that's like all I had. Um, 
I might have had no no no. I think I also had like a, a full render uh kind of thing for like three hundred plus. So I, I did have that kind of thing there. But um yeah, but even that wasn't enough. I ended up going with a, a lot more options later. More um, options came up with your higher price tiers. Yeah. And eventually, as a result, your average commission price started to go up, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah, a lot higher. Um, uh, like, if uh, my wait list right now is, like, mostly 300-plus uh, tier. I think I have several that are that are over 1,000. Um, uh, one, one, I think, is even, like, 1,500. So, uh, yeah, I mean, adding in higher tiers, like even if you think it's ridiculous, like all right, I'll I'll do I'll just throw this tier up for five thousand dollars, and somebody will buy it. Um, if if they think you're worth it, they'll buy it. And but that's the thing you have you have to you have to assume that somebody will think you're worth it. It you know I don't think I'm worth it, but other people will, and that's what matters. Um. Yeah, but you also have to make sure it's stuff that you want to do, right? Um, because I, I put myself into some of those tiers where it's like, you know, all right, I want to, you know, I want to learn more. I want to get some more, you know, color, full render. It got to the point where not a single person on my list is asking for black and white character drawings. Not one. Uh, everything is all full render paintings, which is fine because it, it's more money. But, you know, <laughs> I, I want to do for, this. Uh, for uh, the, the, uh, the game that was all black and white old style, right? Yes, yes. So I so I have been doing those. I actually just finished up uh, another contract with him today, um, uh, for some of those. So those those have been really nice. But yeah, mostly I'm speaking to majority. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't done a yeah like a black and white drawn character in a really really long time. So how did that make you feel that uh, the community out there didn't want the stuff that you wanted to produce? Like you wanted to produce the black and white stuff, and they wanted you to start doing color stuff and like fully rendered stuff as opposed to just more graphical black and white only black and white no gray mm -hmm. um it's a it's a bummer but i also know I, I know there are there are a lot of artists who work exclusively in black and white and still make it the the problem is is i'm I, I can't afford to be patient. <laughs> um, you know, I, I got like I, you know, I got I got a baby, I got a wife, like I gotta make sure everybody's fed, make sure these bills are paid, get out of you know, get out of some debts between you know the the student load and house and whatever. Um, like I, I need money now, and unfortunately, if you want money now, you you can't play the long game. You got to play the short game. Um, so to to kind of. Yeah, I, I started off playing the longer game, right? I had my full-time job as a graphic designer, and while I was doing that, I was working on, um, you know, my own fantasy world stuff, my deck of cards, my world of Omen Shard, all that. Um, but, uh, but you know, I lost that job, and then, well, nope, need money now. Got to put the long game on hold, and uh, so I've been trying to play catch up ever since. <laughs> Commissions weren't the only thing that you considered uh, doing for income, though, and th they were the short game. What other things have you considered aside from doing the um, conventions and working on your IP? Because I know we had talked about several of them over the course of your uh, freelance early part. Oh yeah, man, uh, so many things. Like, um, 
uh, we talked a little bit b before stream about Skillshare, so tutorial videos and stuff like that. I, I made a video, I put it up on there, made a little bit of money there. Still have plans to make more, but that was something uh, that I was experimenting with. Uh, stock art was another thing I was experimenting with, taking a lot of my older drawings or even some of my commission pieces and um, and putting them up for sale as as stock images on uh, on a variety of platforms. Um, that was a pretty cool experiment. Um, also successful, not like not like you know crazy amount, but uh, you know some little little trickle in stuff. Um, uh, It'll pay for I, lunch a few days a week, but that's yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe a, a couple days a month, but <laughs> um, but uh, let's see. Oh yeah, I put my brushes on Gumroad. Uh, I had a. Um, online store for like some extra stuff I have left over from conventions. Um, what else? Yeah. Just, you know, I had a lot of little ideas, even things like uh, icons. We talked about icons before too. I was working on some of those uh, for video games. Um, I ended up, you know, not being super interested in it. It was kind of fun, but I, I ran out of steam pretty quick on those. Um, printable but, minis. but I think what's that printable minis. Oh yeah, that's right. Printable minis. I, I had uh, made a couple different ones. They were like kind of. They worked okay, but I think they were they were too um, too detailed for print at that scale. So, but but anyway, yeah. So I've experimented with a lot of different ideas, um, and I've I've liked them all. You know, um, because after. Uh, by the way, all of these, all this stuff happened after my experience with losing my job, uh, that graphic design job, because that made me realize, you know, I, I can't, I can't rely on only one source of income, um, especially as an artist. You just never know what's going to happen. So being able to diversify uh, through uh, Patreon or or Twitch or you know whatever, anything you could do, do it. You got ideas, just just try it out. It, it doesn't hurt. The only thing you're, you know, you're sacrificing is your time. Um, and, and even then, even if it ends up not working out, you still learn something and you can apply it to something else. Um, so that's been a really interesting journey. I, I'm still in that, still trying to find some of those things. Um, I, uh, it's tough because I, I like all of them, right? I, I like having, you know, a, a t-shirt store on T press, uh, cause I can get, I can get cool clothes for cheap. Even if nobody else buys them, I will. <laughs> um, uh, uh, the, the deck of cards, the Kickstarter was an awesome experiment into, you know, making interesting products. I absolutely want to do more of that. The Skillshare video, um, was a successful test. I definitely want to make more of those. So, What's a successful test with that? What a is a successful what, test? Um, yeah. If, so what uh, what scope are we talking about for income here? Oh, the 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 income itself isn't much, but realizing so like for okay, I'll I'll, I'll put it blunt. Um, the skill the single Skillshare video that I made has generated um, about twelve hundred bucks since I released it in November of twenty nineteen. And how many hours of work was it to produce that video and upload um, it? Uh, I want to say ten to twelve hours. Nothing so about a hundred, right? So about a hundred to hundred twenty dollars an hour is the payout so far. Yeah, yeah. So which ain't bad at all. Um, and uh, and knowing that if I maximize that, if I put, if I was consistent in my original plan of doing one video a week, like 
that, that's awesome. That adds up pretty fast. Um, but at the time, the reason I didn't pursue it was one, I wasn't sure I enjoyed making videos. So I, I've needed to refine that process, figuring, figure out a way to enjoy that process. But then two, I needed money right away. So I just went headfirst into nothing but, you know, commissions and, and nothing else. Um, the stock art is a pretty awesome kind of residual thing. I haven't made a ton of money on that one, like quite a bit less than Skillshare, but it's still cool to see a little extra. It's almost like getting a little extra tips, you know? Uh, I'll put a piece up on, uh, what was it called? Drive Through RPG. And uh, it'll sell, you know, five bucks this month, five bucks another month. Um, and, you know, that's just nice to see. If if I went ahead and maximized that, I mean, I, I, have, I have hundreds of pieces of art in my, you know, in my folders on my computer and in my, in my hard drives. I could easily put them all up there and make some extra cash here and there. Um, sorry, go ahead, Moose. So we had actually titled this uh, portion of the, um, the 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 interview as art crises because mm -hmm. I know when we were talking about this when it was happening, it was like a lot of stress and anxiety over yeah. uh, choosing which path to go. Uh, do you want to go into that a little bit? Like, uh, how did you work your way through it and choose which avenues to go down, which ones to avoid? Oh man, uh, yeah. So uh, the the crisis kind of happened. I, I mentioned it a little bit earlier. When, you know, going through school, uh, realizing that my plans needed to change because I wanted to get into game design and then my portfolio was not not up to snuff with that, nor was that a career path I, I really wanted to take, it turns out. Um, and then I got married, like, oh, crap, got to make some money. Um, and um, I think that the most important thing, the most important decision that I made, uh, remember, I am very stubborn, but... I was even more stubborn about taking care of my family, right? Making sure that I can be a provider. So um, I was willing to take whatever art job I can get as long as it was within art, right? So I got a job in graphic design, even though it had nothing. To, I had never even taken a graphic design class. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I had used Illustrator only a couple of times. Uh, and, uh, and yet... I put in the hours and practice and made sure that I could do what was expected of me. Um, and I was able to do it pretty quick, uh, which, which is nice. Um, so, uh, yeah. So making myself open to, you know, if I, if I had been like, all right, no, I'm, I'm going to stick with game design and I'm only going to do this kind of art. And like, I, I wouldn't have a job still. Um, being able to, to, choose something else knowing, all right, I, I have art skills. This is tangential. I could figure it out. It was probably one of the best decisions I made so that I could get into graphic design. Sorry, excuse me. Um, allergies. Uh, and then after I lost that job, it was like, oh, crap, you know, the next thing, the next bit of desperation. Well, now now we have no money. And uh, so then I'm like, all right, what, what can I do with this? I had already started my Twitch stream um, and I had like started doing conventions a little bit. So then I'm like, well, okay, we have like two months to figure this out uh, before I have to go work at McDonald's. So let's make this work. Um, and so we did uh, gung-ho into, into pushing products. I pushed my Kickstarter. Um, Pushed Twitch as much as I could, uh, freelance and online sales, and you know, and it was starting to work. 
um, that desperation really helped. Uh, it was a it was a very scary path. There are some things I would do I would do differently now that I now that I know some things, um, and mostly that doing things differently would be being more prepared, like a little bit of financial backing before jumping into freelance, or a little bit of cushion before dabbling into you know conventions because that that stuff is expensive and pretty high risk. Um, so I think I was really lucky jumping in the way I did. Um, but then, yeah, so then, uh, but even with freelance, it wasn't quite enough, especially once I had a child. Um, you know, you, you have to, well, okay, back up a little bit. So in freelance, money comes and goes, right? I would make, I would make 10 grand one month and then $100 the next month. And I, I couldn't handle that kind of stress, right? It's just too, too swingy. I did not like that at all. Um, you know, we, we could get by in it, it. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible until I had a child and I'm like, okay, now, now I have to be more, I, I gotta be more consistent than that. Um, so, uh, I ended up switching gears again and going for a, a full-time job. Um, and uh, it's more like children's illustration type stuff. So again, kind of a kind of a sidestep from what I'm actually doing. It's, it's it's art relative. It's still illustration, but in a very different style. Again, um, so I would say generally being being malleable. Uh, I've seen that word a few times in in chat, and I like it. Uh, having a, a malleable skill is so essential to being successful. Um, especially if you don't have that, um, you know, that backing beforehand, like some artists can really just, you know, stick to one style and they just, you know, they hammer it and they mark it and they, you know, and I have mad respect for that. Right. But even then that takes a lot of time, like folks like, uh, uh, you know, like Peter Moorbacher, he has a very distinguishable style. He, you know, he will refuse your money if you ask him to do something different. Right. He, he's like, he's like, no, I do one thing. And that is my thing. But it also took him a very long time to get there, right? Uh, he has this, you know, long time career um, before he's gotten, you know, to where he's been the last 10 years or so. Um, and really, I'm just starting, right? I graduated college 2017. There's only been a few years. Um, so having to be um, malleable is absolutely essential uh, when, you're, when you're first, you know, starting out. Um, and making things work. I think I lost my train of thought a little bit there. That's right. I can re-rally real quick with a different question. Um, so while you were doing commissions, you weren't just drawing them. You also had to be seeking clients. Um, how stressful was that? Uh, and what role did that have in uh, your choosing to get away from commissions? That was the worst part. Um, I felt like I could never clock out. Uh, it was... It was wake up in the morning, make a post, and answer comments, messages. Um, and it wasn't make a post. It was make a post on Facebook, on Twitter, on um, on Patreon, on Discord, on, you know, everywhere that you could. Reddit, multiple forums on Reddit, right? Um, and then answer any and all messages and comments that come in. Um, because if you don't, that's potentially a, a client that, you know, was warming up to buying something and then they don't. Um, but if you answer, especially right away, 
that's you know that establishes a better uh, potential relationship with that potential client. So I had that in my head. I'm like, oh gosh, you know, I, I can never clock out. So I'm I'm constantly on my phone, constantly answering emails. Um, it, it was too much. Uh, and on top of the regular, you know, six to ten hour workday where I'm where I'm drawing on on Twitch, you know, and and then I would go to bed looking at my phone, you know, answering more messages, getting ready for tomorrow's posts. You know, it was. Uh, it was it was way too much, man. I freaking hated it. It but what's all what also sucked is that whenever I would take a break from doing that, like, oh, I'm just not gonna post today or tomorrow or the next day. Even only three days of not posting, that th- those three days I would get no clients. Like the yeah, the the act the constant activity was the direct there was a direct result. Um and and so that was like mentally just oh that sucked so bad so um so having this regular job while it's not not what i what i want you know to do specifically i am so much happier <laughs> um because i'm able to just clock out it's like nope i'm not answering that email till monday nope my workday ends at 5 p.m you know, I, I don't have to continue my workday. I, I, I don't have to, um, you know, messages. Po- I mean, if you guys have noticed, I haven't made an Instagram post since like free in February, uh, which isn't great for the algorithm, obviously. But at the same time, I don't need the algorithm right now. Um, so it's it's nice mentally to not have to deal with that because it's a lot. And some people handle it a lot better than others. Some people really love social media, but I never liked social media to begin with. So it was a fight the whole time. So the funny thing is I looked at your backlog of work and there's a huge number of people that are still waiting for work from you. We'll go to that later. But um, when you switched over from uh, freelance entirely to having a full-time job and then choosing to work on those commissions in your uh, free time, quote-unquote free time, um, that was because you thought you weren't getting enough clients. But you had 40, 50 clients in waiting at the time that you – thought you weren't getting enough clients as regularly as you wanted so how where's the disconnect there that you have tons of clients but you feel like you're not getting enough the the problem was um well it was uh okay it was you know, almost all of those clients are are prepaid in full um and a little bit before my baby was born, a lot of those clients have been waiting since last summer. Okay. So here's what happened. End of last summer, end of August, my wife is very pregnant and gets rear-ended, car accident, totaled the car. Um, I had to take her to the hospital. Luckily, everything was fine. But um, that event right there, obviously, I stopped working for a while. Um uh, that event happened, and then a couple months later, uh, my baby was born. And uh, so, yeah, not not a lot of work done in that time at all. So I, I had like stopped advertising. I had I wasn't streaming nearly as often. Um, work was getting done at a much slower rate because I'm you know especially between August and October, like um, you know baby's coming, like I'm freak, like I can't focus on work. I you know. I was really struggling there. So, um, excuse me. And then once the baby was born, 
uh, you know, there's there's no time for. There's <laughs> not a, not a lot of work that can get done. Um, uh, you know, helping with the the baby and everything, helping um, get other things done. So yeah, work just slowed to a crawl. And but if I'm not working, I'm I'm not advertising. I'm not streaming. The income stopped. Uh, so not only is the work getting not getting done, the income is not coming in either because I'm not advertising anymore. Um, so then come December time, I'm like, dude, I got to think of something else. Cause this is too, uh, you know, if, if, if things can throw, uh, uh, sorry, I'm losing my wording here. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that alone, um, put me in a spin of not, uh, yeah, well, needing income and needing something more regular. Uh, the the instability of the the freelance system that I had set up. Uh, this is this isn't freelance generally because it works a lot better for other people, but in the system that I had, it was way too volatile. Um, to to be sustainable. Let's talk for just a little bit about uh, what you just said that it can be set up differently. Uh, other people set it up differently, where it is more sustainable because this. Um, is something that you hear, you know, well, people get into freelance because you can make your own hours and you're keeping all of the money instead of, you know, just getting a, a paycheck from the company or, or whatever. But there is this, this give and take when people are really enjoying freelance, <laughs> what does it, what does it look like when people are, are doing it well and feel like it's like really working for them? And what would your thoughts be like if you had to do it all over again, or if you were going to do it differently in the future, um, what would, what would things, how would things be different? Um, it's, it's very difficult to, to compare, um, uh, compare what I did for freelance as opposed to other people. Cause I, you know, I don't know their situation. All I know is like their social medias. Um, and that, you know, has a, a different, uh, perspective, very outside looking in kind of thing. But for me specifically, um, like I, I really loved the work that I did. I, I really enjoyed making, you know, bringing other people's characters to life. You know, you, you have a, a character that you've played for, for years, um, so many good experiences and you want to get that character illustrated. And, you know, and those people came to me to get that character illustrated. That's, that's a really cool feeling. Right. And then, drawing that character painting that character and you know showing it to them or or doing it live and talking about it interacting with the client like those those are like those are so fun right i loved every second of of that kind of stuff but it was just it was the advertising man that was the soul sucking part that i never want to do again um i i hate reaching out to i mean this this is another reason why i've never reached out to like wizards or uh, um, or even like Blizzard officially, because like I don't know, I, I don't like it. I don't like trying to sell myself. It's not something I enjoy doing. Um, and so, in a perfect world, uh, I would I would just get emails. Yo, I want this character done. 
Um, and, and I wouldn't have to be posting every day and all this stuff, right? It, it, in fact, if I could, if I could just stream every day and get my clients through Twitch, I, I would do that. Uh, that's the only kind of advertising I actually have fun doing. Um, but even even then, I think uh, you know beyond freelance. Like if if I was going to do freelance forever, that's how I would want to do it. Just on stream, eight hours a day, and just get all my clients through Twitch, nowhere else. Um, I'd be cool with that. But um, but ideally, I would just be building my own fantasy world on Twitch and nothing else. <laughs> do you feel like you're still building up to that point? Is that still part of the long term? Yes. Um, it's, uh, it, it is a long term plan. Um, but I, I need to get some more of that passive income happening, though. Um, and so, so that involves, you know, digging deeper into those other things I talked about, like the Skillshare videos, uh, um, you know, some more of that uh, stock art selling, maybe, you know, just kind of get some more of those uh, more of those things going a little more frequently because I haven't. Sorry, you probably hear my baby in the background. Um, just get some more of those things going uh, so that I, I don't need that that regular nine to five income. Um, but, you know, obviously that's that's a long term thing because that's that's not something that can happen overnight or even a few months or even a year of of uh, work. So we'll see. So uh, when you first started your full time employment job with the uh, the the education stuff, mm -hmm. um, you had the I remember you was having the plan to do that during the day and then work on commissions at night, as you had when you were doing the graphic design. What's different between what you're doing at the graphic design job uh, to what you're doing now that allows you to do it so much? more frequently at night. The commission works much more frequently at night than you are now. Well, um, it's because the graphic design job was a extremely low effort job. Um, I mean, almost to the point of mindless. It was so, so easy. Uh, I, I, it didn't take like any creative energy. You know, it was just basically, I was basically copy pasting logos onto cars. That's how mindless it was. And it was logos that were usually already made. So there wasn't even any designing. It was, you know, format this logo to fit on a large scale print and get it ready for print on a giant uh, printer. That that was it. Um, so, uh, so all of that creative energy was kept in reserve for nighttime when I could, when I could stream and do the real work. Uh, now my, creative energy is absolutely exhausted because uh, I'm, I'm now coming up with uh, with compositions and illustrations and and you know doing a lot of detail this company really likes heavily detailed work which is part of the reason why they hired me they, they liked my uh, my detail-oriented skills they they liked that I could draw uh, people pretty well um, and they liked a, an old school kind of pen and ink style so I'm like wow perfect I've, I've ticked all these marks this is perfect um, but that kind of work is demanding. Uh, it, it takes a lot mentally, uh, and physically to do that kind of work for eight hours a day. So, uh, so eight hours. Yeah. 
like the a full work day for an artist? That sounds like uh, people in chat can maybe uh, uh, say if this is normal or not. But I thought that like when someone was actually an artist working for a company, they didn't actually work the full eight hours because the company knew that that wasn't actually possible for an artist to do all day. It's it's a uh, it's a little different when you well. Okay. When you, when you, well, I guess, I guess it depends on the company too, because this company requires uh, logged hours. You have to write down what, you know, what, what sorry, she is very, <laughs> I have my door closed and she's, she's not crying or anything. She's just having fun. Um, yeah, don't worry about it. it doesn't come through too loud. Okay. Okay. That's good. Um, sorry. <laughs> she's, she's so funny. Uh, very distracting. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I have to do a, a log of what I do each hour. And if illustrations are taking too long, according to them, um, uh, then I can potentially get in trouble. It's like, okay, well, you're, you know, this is taking too long. We need you either work on something else or we need to cut the product or, you know, and, and me having the experience I had with my other job, um, the last thing I want to do is risk this job. Um, so, yeah. So I end up, you know, putting in quite a bit. Although I'll, I'll, I'll push, I'll push a little bit, right? Um, uh, I, I will include, like, you know, thinking time, like not physical drawing time, but also thinking time because I do a lot of that um, into my work. So, say an illustration takes, you know, five hours physical drawing time. Uh, probably one or two of those will be you know, thinking and ideation before I actually get down into the, the nit and grit of it. So there is a little bit of push and pull, like actual eight hours physical drawing, you know, good luck. You'll, you'll have that job for maybe a year before your hand falls off. Um, so, yeah. So how is it working out for you in terms of making the time to finish your backlog of, um, of commissions because the I, I remember you saying um once you have you're not pushing new commissions and once you have your current list sort of worked through then you'll be devoting the spare energy that you do have to uh omen shard building omen shard mm -hmm. um so faced with this conundrum of kind of having to expend so much creative energy on uh, on your main job, how do you balance that? How do you navigate that? Do you have like a means for finding new energy or reserving time or reserving energy? How does that work? I'm still working on that, to be honest. Um, uh, as uh, as my followers know, um, I don't stream nearly as often. Uh, sometimes less than once a week, and that's that can be frustrating uh, for me. Uh, hopefully not for my viewers, but um, it's yeah it's very difficult because at the end of a full work day you know uh, my wife has had the baby all day while while I've been at my office um and so she needs a break and you know we'll we'll tag team it I'll I'll feed the baby while she makes dinner or or vice versa or whatever um but then I also need to you know spend time with them and then uh you know after that when it's like you know 8 9 o'clock at night sometimes it's really difficult to be like, okay, let's work again. You know, after, you know, wake up at eight, 
um, you know, get in the desk by nine, work all day till five or, or 6 PM, whatever, um, you know, help with baby, uh, hang out, you know, with, with the wife for an hour or two and put the baby to bed. It's really hard to want to clock back in again, essentially. Um, and, uh, you know, even if even if I do have the time, it's yeah, it's that energy is oftentimes spent. Um, but you know, sometimes I'll push through. I'll I'll you know put up the stream, or or sometimes I won't stream. Sometimes I'll I'll still get some work done, but it'll be off stream because that that streaming does take a little bit of extra energy too. You know, you got to be at least alert enough to respond to comments and to not just be you know a vegetable sitting in a chair drawing. But sometimes I need to be a vegetable and, you know, just get work done off stream. So there's been times where I've done that as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's really difficult. The um, the commission list hasn't moved in a long time. I haven't made uh, a lot of progress on, on the on the fantasy art or on the uh, D&D character list anyway. I had some other stuff uh, for board games and card games. Uh, some stuff that uh, I had signed contracts with, you know, a, a while back. So I had to put those first before the D&D characters. So that's kind of pushed some things back as well. Um, yeah, it, it's tough, man. Realizing that uh, that there really only are 24 hours in a day. And unfortunately, you you need some of those to sleep and eat is kind of frustrating. <laughs> yeah, until they find the, like, side effect free... Uh, meth alternative were kind of just screwed and it yeah. might be the um the long term or the 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 long game effect that you spoke of before might be that you know that might just be the grind for a while until you know the kids become more self-sufficient i'm kind of finding that in my own life as my son gets older slightly less demand demanding in different ways we'll say mm -hmm. <laughs> but mm -hmm. like yeah maybe slightly less uh physically intensive kind of demanding um you know and then you get to a point where things do kind of open up a little bit and you know and and for you that's I, I hate to sound annoying but you're you're so you're still so young blake <laughs> there's you have so much time so it's you know i, I i'm only going through this to sort of highlight the point that you know, it's, I know for me, I suffer from this too. It has to happen yesterday. And if it's not already, then it's never going to happen. And mm -hmm. all of my hopes and dreams are going out the window, you know, but, um, patience is, a an important part of this because there will be time again, just kind of keeping the yeah. grind in mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's in, in my, in my heart of hearts, right. I want as much time for my family as possible um you know uh my uh, my home life growing up both of my parents worked a lot and so i hardly saw my parents really or if i did it was because i was brought to work um you know and i sat in their office all day right or um you know or i would wait in the car for hours right is it, it was not a very fun lifestyle to have as a kid um, you know, where your parents are just constantly always at work. And so it's been kind of a, you know, a, a heart of hearts goal to try and be free of that in a sense, 
to try and and establish a lifestyle where I, I don't have to work, you know, nearly as much. Um, and I can devote that time to my family, to my children. Um, but of course, that's a very difficult thing to do, you know. Uh, so I've, I'm hoping that I can establish these passive income streams, um, you know, so that I can work on what I want or work on projects with my wife. My, my wife is, a, is an author. Um, and you know, we've been wanting to do like a, a comic or something together for a really long time. And it's just, you know, it, it's not going to happen for a while, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, there, there are things that I want to do and yeah, I'm impatient. I'm impatient. I'm stubborn. I want what I want and I want it now. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it'll, it'll happen. Um, as long as, as long as I keep my eye on, on the prize, so to speak, and make sure I'm you know, maybe sacrificing an hour or two of sleep to get in that, you know, extra little bit of work to eventually get that thing that I want. So with your IP, um, for a long time, it was focused on works in addition mm -hmm. to the uh, gin that, for example, the one that's behind you. Mm -hmm. um, and you had been going through a little bit of, I guess, your own art crisis in regard to uh, the subject matter of the IP. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Um, sorry, say that one more time. I looked at chat and I shouldn't have. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, so you, uh, at the time, it was mostly focused on orcs, and mm -hmm. you were doing uh, uh, illustrations involving orcs and trying to sell those at conventions. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk about like what kind of mental, uh, I don't want to say trauma, but that's probably too extreme, uh, stress you were put through uh, in regard to the subject matter of what you wanted to do versus what other people want you to do? Uh, well, what's really interesting is the, it might be surprising, but the gin actually came first. Um, well, no, no, no. The gin didn't come first. Originally, Omen Shard came from, um, it was a project in, in, uh, in school. Um, I was doing like a kind of a D&D &D party of sorts. In fact, uh, some of the characters are based off of uh, some D&D &D, uh characters that me and my friends played together um but then it evolved into um i was doing like some mythology exploration with a friend of mine we were thinking of doing like some you know creature compendium book or whatever and we're like oh let's do let's do the desert right and so i started digging into some desert mythology and came across jinn stuff and i was so fascinated by it that i just started drawing and painting them and i'm like dude i'm i'm gonna put this in omen shard right um but you know, then I circled back around again to to some more mythology, and then just was thinking more about orcs. So I've always been into orcs, um, and so I'm like, I'm gonna put orcs into Omen Shard somehow. And so I just started writing some stuff and drawing some stuff and putting them in there. Um, so really, it's it's been an evolution the whole time. But orcs are my first love, and they always will be. But it's not necessarily how Omen Shard started. Um, so they will be a, a prominent aspect. Um, but, but yeah, you know, back to what you were saying, um, orcs aren't super popular, uh, especially for wall art, right? They're fun to play. I know a lot of people who play as orcs, but, um, yeah, for, for print sales, especially, uh, orcs don't do that well. So yeah, thinking about other races, you know, you gotta have elves because I guess everybody loves elves for some reason. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so I've been thinking about a lot of stuff, you know, add to the world, make it more interesting. 
But even taking some of those stereotypical things like elves and making them um, a little more, a little more unique, or things like the the dwarfs, um, you know, making them shorter, getting rid of their nose, you know, just yeah, just you know, little little funny things to make these characters more interesting. Um, uh, has been really fun. It's, it's been a lot to explore. I'm still going back and forth on whether or not I want to do include color at all because all my gin paintings are in color. Um, but all my orcs are in black and white. Uh, so yeah, so I'm kind of still, still deciding if, if, or if I even need to pick a direction and just kind of mix it, you know, some stuff can be painted, some stuff can be drawn. It doesn't really matter. Um, I mean, Frank Frazetta did both painting and, and ink art. So, you know, I could do that too. Um, yeah, but I've also thought about a lot of different mediums. You know, I, I thought about even writing a novel, um, uh, doing a comic, doing, uh, I, I keep going back and forth on doing like, you know, really super illustrated, really nice comic where I do like one page a month, you know, kind of things. Um, or uh, or even one panel a month, like insanely detailed panels, or just do, you know, a, a super quick, real easy you know, fast, simple style comic um, or getting more into decks of cards or more prints. You know, there's like, I've thought about everything and I'm not dismissing anything either. Um, so really, I want to do it all. We have a um, bonus question from uh, Cami in chat. They demand to know what your favorite work type is or what the origin is like a Lord of the Rings. Wow. Uh, 40K. What do you think? That is a very difficult question to answer um, because, oh my gosh, that's so tough. <laughs> so not supposed to be I, that I deep. Like, it's a question. It's superficial. Dude, no, this is a, this is a very deep question. And I, you I, didn't I, know I what you were I, asking. I know this is a deep question, right? All right. I guess I'll just give a quick answer. If you want to, if you want a deep answer, I'll be streaming tomorrow and we'll talk about it then. Um, quick answer. I really like World of Warcraft orcs a lot, but I like all orcs <laughs> except for D and D orcs. I think D and D orcs are they, they shouldn't they shouldn't be they're almost zombie like, and I don't like that. I think that's stupid. Um, but it, anyway, if you want to talk orcs, we can talk orcs. <laughs> I, I and he will for like hours on end. It's his favorite topic. I, I have yes. <laughs> I would actually like to talk orcs a little bit more because I think that there is a relevancy here. Um, you mentioned orcs not being as popular, but I'm well. I'm wondering two things. Um, who like what is the market that you have in mind? when you are thinking that um, and why not? I guess m l let me put it a little bit m more forward and be a little bit more challenging. <laughs> are you sure that you're trying to pitch your orcs to the right people when you're thinking that they're not that popular? Oh yeah. See, when I, when I say a, a thing is not that popular, um, I'm more talking to like my general sphere, right? Um, you know, if you look at, if you look at stats, I, I've, I've done this too. look at stats on, on, uh, um, the races that people choose to play in world of Warcraft. It's actually a very small percentage of players that play orcs. 
the the vast majority, even amongst just the Horde faction, it's like over, I think it's like 60-something percent are Blood Elves. Everybody, everybody loves Elves, man. Um, and uh, the Orcs are a very small percentage. Um, and that's, obviously, that's just, just amongst World of Warcraft players. But... Um, but also, you look at things like uh, conventions. That that's another metric I kind of think about. Um, as far as prints that sell, uh, my orcs are the least selling prints. Um, the ones that sell the most um, are actually well, this one right here. That that print sells way more. So attractive female uh, who looks badass, right? Um, so that will, you know, uh, objectively sell more than than uh, any of my fantasy orc stuff has. But there is always a market for everything. So while while my small, you know, um, sphere of influence has only sold this much, if my sphere of influence was much bigger, obviously it wouldn't be a problem. Bigger or um, pointed in a in a different direction. And and I, this isn't like I'm not trying to be argumentative, you know, to you know, just for um, di- like not just because I disagree with you. It, because we have thirty minutes to fill. <laughs> no, it's that uh, I'm you know I'm thinking that there's I there must well I know that there's a demand for you know like darker uh, you know like more ominous kind of art you know I mean there's genres that do very well in that regard and you know it's it's not like your art is necessarily like you know horror genre or gruesome you know but i it's not that you know you necessarily have to sell to you know people that are into like the more kind of like you know lighter end you know power chicks and stuff like that uh yeah i mean i i yeah i absolutely agree with you it's it's but it's it's finding that target audience that's very difficult um now um i'm not sure about a a a higher demand for for darker art but that might just be um that might just be what i see you know you you go on on you know any general social media like uh instagram or whatever or even take a walk through a convention hall right you there's always a crowd around the more generic pretty stuff um as opposed to the darker fantasy art or if there are lots of fans of darker fantasy art how often are they buying prints to hang up on their wall um because oftentimes the the husband or wife that really likes the you know the the dark fantasy art they're not going to buy a print and put it on their wall because their significant other says like, no, we can't put that in the kitchen. You know, um, that's, that's actually arguments that I've, that I've heard. I'm sitting on my side of the table and a couple is on the other side. And the husband's like, Oh, this is so badass, man. Dude, give me five of those. Give me good. And the wife's like, where are you going to put it? Like, you can't, you know, you're not putting that in the wall. Like, Oh, well, I'll put it in my office. No, you're putting that in a drawer. Like you can't. And, and that was all the friggin' time. Um, again, that's a very specific, you know, situation, but that occurred a lot and kind of made me realize, oh, maybe, you know, uh, it made, well, it made me think about the success of, you know, again, I bring up Peter Moorbacher, um, his art in, 
uh, generally is, is, you know, the subject matter can be kind of dark, but the images are very beautiful, right? Very aesthetically pleasing. You could hang those up and it wouldn't be weird. Um, but you hang up, uh, like here, you, you hang up, you know, friggin' Molagar the Barbarian over there. And, you know, your, your neighbors, when they come over for dinner, are going to have some questions. So <laughs> maybe, um, I, I would want to clarify one thing. I, I didn't mean to imply that, uh, darker art, it, it has a higher popularity than other genres or whatever. If I gave that impression, I wasn't trying to say that. And in just in terms of like broad sweeping generalities, you know, like as far as like what has like broader mainstream appeal, you know, I would, I wouldn't argue that, um, you know, it's elves and, um, pretty, I don't know if that would be yeah. like PC to say, you know, like, but like pretty art. Um, it, but it's that like, I'm either by it just this, maybe it's just sheer intuition or, you know, like that my, um, uh, limited observation is saying something true, you know, that the market is m must be there. Like I'm, you know, Oh, I, absolutely. I'm just, I'm thinking of like a number of artists, some uh, whose names I can't specifically grab onto exactly. Um, you know, but like, I know that I've seen and you have too, lots of art that mm -hmm. is like, not, I don't, not gruesome or just like, you know, but like definitely on the, on the darker, heavier, more moody end, you know, maybe Andrew Moore or something. Oh yeah. 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 Andrew Moore's pretty good. I mean, he, he still kind of floats along the, the pretty, like he draws a lot of, a lot of demon girls and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, absolutely. I'm not, I'm not discounting your point, Joby at all. Like it's, you know, you're absolutely right. There, there is a market there, but it's, it's hard to find. Um, like what I said about a long game versus short game, right? If you want to play short game, you kind of got to be a little more generalist, a little more pretty. You got to add color to your art, right? Um, but long game, there will be success. Uh, so that's kind of been just my, like, I'm, I'm not saying one is better than the other because that isn't true. Obviously there's a market for everything. Um, but speaking really only to my experience, um, the black and white stuff does not make short-term quick money. Um, color, pretty stuff does. Now, long game, I, I won't have a problem, but short game, it is a problem, it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. And, you know, again, it's not to be like, you're wrong, Blake, you're doing it wrong. It's that I know how much you love oh, the I stuff do. that you love. And I, and I love it too. And, you know, and, and part of how much other people enjoy it has to do with the passion that you have for it, you know, and, and you can tell when you see the art, you know, or when you're talking about it and hearing the stories behind it, you know, like how much passion and love that you have for it is infectious. Um, and I, I, I want people to find it. <laughs> I want people to see it. So it's my way of being like, come on, Blake let's let's see more of it man like keep putting it out there keep making it let's Thank turn you. omen into an std all the time <laughs> yeah, there you go oh dude yeah trust me i i i want to be right now it's it's a it's a factor of of time um and sure. not having any now um you know I, i've been talking with my wife a lot about making 
making plans to make sure that I do get working on Omen Shard, hopefully by the end of the year again. Because there's, you know, so much I want to do, so much we want to do with it. Um, I, I can't, you know, I, I can't not do it, right? It's uh, the black and white art is, is the art that I absolutely love to do. So it's it's a crime to not do it. Um, and, uh, and I mean, a lot of people even know me as a black and white artist, even though I haven't done exclusively black and white art in a long time. So I know that there's something there. Uh, it's just a, yeah, a matter of uh, getting and making the time to to harness that. So I absolutely will. <laughs> don't get, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I think it would be fun. We have we've talked a lot about Omen Shard, um, but we haven't um, covered exactly what it is. I think it would be fun for you to talk a little bit about oh hell yeah what is the world of omen shard anyway what is all of this that we've been talking about so sorry I'm seeing if I can grab my art book here. So Omen Shard is a fantasy world that I started developing in college. Um oh nope that's not my book. Um okay I can't find it. Oh well um yeah, it's a fantasy universe that I started developing. Uh, I love fantasy art, but um, well, really, it started with a a love of um, of old school video gaming. Um, a lot of games that I played were kind of darker and grittier. Um, uh, I, for example, I really liked uh, Diablo and Diablo Two. Uh, those Blizzard titles, and then uh, Warcraft 1 and Warcraft 2. Now, those were a, a little bit darker, a little bit grittier, and I really loved them. Um, the, the, yeah, they they were just, they had a, I don't know, those those games kind of instilled a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of a, a, a mood, a feeling that I almost associate with the fantasy art that I like the most. Um, I, I just love it. I don't know. And then when I saw Blizzard deviate from those styles and go a little bit more, a little more cartoony, uh, more stylized, like with Warcraft 3 and Diablo 3, it kind of turned me off uh, quite a bit, actually. Um, I, I still enjoy it, but it's not the kind of art that, like, I'll still make some art that looks like that. Um, but I don't know. It, it it's not the same feeling that I get from a, an old school, dark, gritty kind of fantasy. Um, and uh, so, I, I wanted to. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I wanted to. I want. Okay. I, I wanted to play or create or or feel the thing that I want. Does that make sense? Like. Oh yeah, I, I wanted I wanted Diablo two again, right? Sort That's of thing. Great. Yeah, I, I want that same kind of nostalgic feeling with something that I make. Um, what's what's the thing? Be be the thing you want to see in the world, or whatever. I'm looking for that that <laughs> phrase kind of thing. Um, so uh, yeah, so I started creating this this fantasy universe, um, and it just I don't know, it just kind of snowballed into a really fun kind of thing, you know. And I wasn't. Uh, too specific about it either. Like I, I have kind of a general story, a general fantasy universe. Uh, um, you know, I, I got creatures from all over the place. I really enjoy history, uh, history, history and mythology. Um, 
And so I, I like to, you know, get inspiration from those things, uh, especially from historical settings. I find that stuff really, really fascinating. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just a place where I can put a lot of my creative energy and it's very fulfilling. Even if I don't get to work on it very often, I'll just, I'll, you know, I'll just like flip through my, my playing cards and be like, oh, hell yeah. You know, it's just fun, man. It feels real good. Uh, so I want to keep developing it. There's a lot of stories that I want to tell with it. There's a, um, a lot of pieces of art that I have in my head that I really want to get out there. Um, I want to make more playing cards. Like that first deck was, was so fun to make. I want to do more. Talk yeah, a little bit about just the, really fun. talk a little bit about Are the there any other itself. Sorry. <laughs> Did you catch that? <laughs> oh no, that's all right. Um, the the world itself well that and that's that's the thing i kind of i kind of did cuz there's not a whole lot set in stone <laughs> with the fantasy world okay, um fair. right now there's there's just some kind of uh well here um let me grab my website real quick so on blakedart.com um there's a little art and lore section uh let's see if there's anything uh, yeah it's it's pretty generic at the moment i haven't fleshed out uh, a whole lot about it um other than the orcs and and the gins they're pretty much the only thing that are that are fleshed out pretty pretty decently i do have a map that i made which is pretty cool i'm proud of that you're understanding um, it a little bit man like that just in the orcs themselves you have so much lore and storytelling for the orcs you don't have to give us the entire history but i'm like come on man you you got juice in there <laughs> um mostly i'm trying to to remember it uh, i haven't had a oh, lot that's... of time to to think about it very much you know no that's fair um, you, you've been kind of uh out of the running with it for a little bit. So yeah, that, Dude, I hear that. I, ha I have. Yeah. So there's um, the clubs clan. There's the heart clan. There's the spade clan <laughs> no, no. and there's the diamond clan. <laughs> they, they do have names. Um, I just can't remember them at the moment. Um, but yeah, so these, uh, let's see if I remember right. So I also trying to see if I want to go too general or, or, or specific because generally the world is very vast. Like there's a lot of, there's, you know, several continents with many cultures on, on each of them. Again, not fleshed out. I just have like general, very vague ideas that are, that are loosely rooted in history and mythology. Um, but the, the orcs that I've, I've established are, uh, like kind of Northern European based, some some a little bit um, uh, Irish, uh, some um, a little more uh, uh, Norwegian, you know, the ancient Norse kind of look. Um, and drawing on some of the mythology there in, uh, in who they are and what they do. Um, uh, what was I going to say? But yeah, you know, I... Again, sorry, I, I can't really be general because I don't I don't remember a lot. Um, but yeah, just drawing on a lot of a lot of different mythologies and and ideas, and it's it's fun. Sorry, I'm not sure what else to say about it. No, that's fine. When you have more steam on it, when when it gets going as more of a priority focus for you, we'll have you back on to uh, recapitulate 
all of this information because it, it is it is cool um yeah thank you yeah uh but it as you are kind of looking forward you know you you've kind of mentioned a little bit of products and ideas that you want to do in the future um you've done playing cards already um what are some other ideas that you have for products that you could make that would be associated with it and how do you kind of juxtapose the products that you want to make with you know what's going to be actually like true to the ip and make sense for it so um it started with prints just paper prints um but i didn't really find a a whole lot of success in that because a lot of my illustrations are they they seem to fit as like book interiors uh, a lot better than they do as wall prints. So wall art kind of has a um, a general feeling, um, and and interior art is kind of more more specific. So a lot of my art kind of had that more interior art feel. Um, so I, I started putting it on more stuff. Like I did a I did a art and lore book. It's uh, uh, and that actually sold pretty fast. I, I keep thinking I should print more, but the, the printer that I worked with uh, no longer exists, unfortunately, and I've been just slow to uh, to make more. But um, but then I started branching out to other products like uh, um, like desk mats, like play mats, and those actually sold really well. I, I liked working with those. The playing cards were really, really fun. That was a, a spur of the moment kind of an idea that just it just you know worked so well, and I wanted to do more. Um, as far as other products go, uh, I had thought about doing things like D and D supplements. Use some of those stories and turn them into you know part of the game. People can like play through my story essentially. Um, uh, I've thought about comics for a long time. That was the that was the original intent of Omen Shard was to make a comic. Um, but then, as I was, I actually have two issues written and thumbnailed. Um, but then when I went to illustrate them, I realized that I didn't know what anything looked like. Nothing. I, I had no details, no visual cues. I didn't have the world built. So I'm like, how can I even? How can I illustrate this? And so I, I set those aside and decided, all right, I'm going to build the world, um, you know, before I finish this. And, uh, you know, that in itself is a massive undertaking. So I'm thinking about going, you know, back into the comic. Now that I have some of that stuff established, at least with the characters and kind of the overall feel of the world, I don't have to have every question answered because that's impossible. But now I can start getting into the the comic. So that's something I absolutely want to do. Um, I even thought, you know, my, my wife has been writing, uh, uh, several novels. She's funny. She jumps between like four or five novels that she's been writing for years, but her writing has made me want to write one as well. Um, you know, she, she says I'm, I'm a pretty good writer. And so I'm like, well, maybe I'll just, maybe I'll give it a shot and see what happens. Um, so, you know, that's probably in the far distant future. Maybe when I can't draw anymore, then I'll. I'll uh, start writing instead or something. I don't know. Um, and uh, gosh, other products. There's something else I had in mind. I forgot now, but um, body oh, pillows. Yeah, just, so you can hug the orc while you sleep. Body pill- Hell yeah. That's actually a legit idea. Dude, I know. Not bad. Not bad. Um, 
uh, t-shirts, actually. I, I found myself uh, having a lot of fun taking my illustrations and turning into t-shirts. Uh, they end up looking kind of like band shirts, like heavy metal t-shirts, and I free and love them. That's um, one of the crowds that keeps popping up in my mind when we're you know talking about uh, markets for your yeah. artwork. Like the metal yeah, just crowd. Iron Maiden just... to uh, have you do a cover for them and you're set. Dude, there we go, right? I, I would I would happily draw Eddie for, for them. That'd be so fun. Um <laughs> Yeah, dude. Uh I forgot where I was going. But yeah, man, uh there's all sorts of stuff I wanna do. I'm I'm not like against any idea. You know, I, I wanna try everything. Because you never know what's what's gonna stick, what's gonna do well. And and even if it doesn't do well, it's still fun. Like my my online t-shirt shop doesn't sell a lot. I've only sold a handful of shirts, but I buy them for myself. I'll wear my own merch. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No shame. I in think, that. I think the key is uh, finding functional uses for the art rather than just uh, putting it on the wall. Yeah. So you mentioned mouse pads and desk mats and mouse pads are uh, smaller, the smallest version play mats are slightly wider and then desk mats are like, wider than the keyboard so things mm-hmm. put them there um jay axer in uh, chat mentioned uh, coasters actually did well as well for him Ooh. so those That's are even smaller i was yeah, curious yeah. i was curious about that yeah the coasters for for people's houses i assume that he meant but then i that also made oh. me think like maybe if you had a bunch printed as kind of like promotional material and you like gave them to bars <laughs> Honestly, you know, ooh, and ooh, yeah, I actually yeah. have a bar right around the corner here. That's like they play they play metal music all the time. I was just going to say there's definitely like bars where uh you know like metalheads and and people Dude, are old, old, yeah. old crust punks are going to hang out more than uh, crust punks. <laughs> that's their word, not mine. Uh, <laughs> so. so it's square format though. So uh, maybe you could use the uh, busts of orcs that you had drawn over the years and them together and uh, just slice out little pieces and then have those be uh, the coasters. Dude. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not a bad idea at all. Yeah. That's good. Oh, for those yeah. that aren't aware uh, for a long time, uh, well, I guess for a few months, at least Blake had uh, a, um, a, re- a reward for people who sub- subscribed to him where he would do a quick, like one to five minute bust a face of an orc and then just put that to, into a collage so now he has this document that he had, has, hasn't done anything with, but he's put like hours work into over the course of so many months. So now that he can find a, if he can find a purpose for that again, like maybe whether it's individual coasters or some kind of weird banner for Omen Shard, like the faces of Omen Shard, it's you. Because most of the people that uh, did the uh, Omen Shard things had themselves put into it. There's a Joby Omen Shard. I guess he's over that way. Yeah. yeah, I made I made it into the, really uh, the emo list. <laughs> I love to that I just I ended up as the sad face one. <laughs> it's perfect. It just worked so well. <laughs> right. um, yeah, I, I had actually been you know uh, along those lines. Um, uh, I, I think it was the idea was instilled into me from the, the old podcast we would uh, watch about like maximizing your art right you, you do you you spend all this time doing a piece of art why would you just you know save it only for prints like you know if you can make money with that same piece of art on a print on a t-shirt in a book as icons as stock art as you know then then you're making so much more for the time that you spent on it 
Um, and so I've been thinking a lot about how, you know, different ways to do that. Unfortunately, I haven't had time to explore all of those different options, but a, but yeah, it's, it's something that I think about a lot. I mean, there's no reason not to, you, you own the rights to the art. So make the most of it. I mean, you, you know, a, a company is going to do that, right? You do, you do a, a piece for magic and they're going to use that art on cards, on promo materials, on advertising, on the box, on, you know, so like, why aren't we doing the same? Yeah, absolutely. St stacking functions. Because uh, because you're not Magic the Gathering, but I can be. <laughs> one day. One day. Well, coming into uh, a wrap up, I wanted to bounce way back really quick. A follow up question. Um, I don't know if they're still in the chat, but somebody had uh, asked a little bit about Patreon. You mentioned it. Um, and they were wondering if you still maintained a, a Patreon or if you have plans for that, what does that look like? My Patreon currently is really stagnant. Um, I would say don't subscribe to it right now because I, I, I haven't had any, any, any time. Um, I do have, uh, I do have plans for it in the future. It's going to be where I'm, you know, I'm going to be developing Omen Shard. Um, but as it stands right now, uh i'm so backed up with freelance i'm not even touching it until uh, probably the earliest january 2022 um so stop by then and i'm gonna have some cool stuff going on um but until then it you know you follow it but don't don't give me money for it because it's not going to get any updates <laughs> unless you want to support him for whatever reason Unless you want to be a very, very kind and generous soul, <laughs> which I would very much appreciate. That'd be amazing. Um, yeah. And as yeah, should, eventually we'll get there. Yeah, the links to uh, all of those will be in the show notes as well. Uh, so definitely go check that out. And Moose, did you have any follow-up questions? So you said you're going to be streaming tomorrow night, and that would be the 7th? for the people who are listening on delay. Yeah, I'll be drink, uh, streaming tomorrow, June 7th. Uh, I'll be on um, around 8 or 9 p.m., depending on when my baby goes to sleep. Um, but yeah, we're going to be wrapping up a uh, painting I've been working on for a client for like the last month. <laughs> Finally, we'll be scratching that one off the list. Uh, I'm pretty excited to get that done and hang out with you guys, and we'll be sure to talk a lot about orcs. Speaking of which, uh, Cammy was saddened that she missed the uh, the bus for the work busts. So, would you be willing to do one more for her if she shows up tomorrow? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I haven't done them in a long time. Um, it was for a while. I was I was uh, just so focused on getting client work done that that you know uh, subs interrupting my my flow of work. It got to the point where I'm like, ah, I, I can't now. I'm not getting any work done, but I still enjoy doing them. Um, but absolutely, I'll, I'll do one for you tomorrow. What time zone did you say? Uh, it's either seven or uh, what did I say, eight or nine p.m. Um, that's Arizona time. I believe we're on the same time as as uh, the West Coast currently, so Pacific Standard Time, uh, eight or nine p.m. Arizona is one of the cool places that doesn't change with the daylight savings. So that's right. We don't yeah. we don't put up with that. <laughs> Well, I said you're cool, but maybe you're just too hot. 
Hey. Oh, good, good one. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> For anybody that's silly and not looking at the show notes, where do you want people to go to find out more about you and all the wonderful stuff you're doing? Um, I honestly, I, I think uh, twitch.tv slash art of Blake is probably the best place to go currently is that's, is, I don't really, you know, I, I, that place will have not only my stream, but also everywhere else that I'm, that I uh, post stuff on occasion, um, as well as links to my website. Um, if you are interested in, in commissions, I'm not really keen on taking them anymore right now, but if, if you have a really urgent request, we can talk about it. Um, and uh, Instagram links are there too. Um, I believe there's also a link to my discord and everything. So twitch.tv slash art of Blake is probably the best, best spot currently. And uh, follow you on your, your discord where you get the going live announcements. So you actually find when he does go live, which is infrequent because of everything we've t- talked about today, including baby. And so uh, I don't think we touched on it, but what's the uh, long-term plan for the job? Do you plan on staying with that indefinitely before we wrap up? Uh, I will stay with them as long as I can. Um, I, I do really like the job. The work is fun and the pay is great. Um, it's 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 uh, kind of like what we were talking about before where you know, with freelancing, I felt like I could never clock out. This job, I feel like I can. And so it's great for my sanity um, as far as being able to start and stop work and not worry about it. Uh, until the following day or the following Monday, you know, it, it's just really nice. Um, also knowing that the income is, is consistent and sustainable, you know, it, it's great. It, that's another big notch of stress that I, I don't have to worry about. Um, do I want to stay there forever? No, but I will, I will stay there for as long as, um, as it's profitable and, uh, and helping out my family really. Um, now, when I get this uh, this freelance work done and my time is freed up, I'll be working on you know Omen Shard and other personal goals like like Skillshare. I want to do more of that. And when that stuff then outweighs the importance of my job, then well, I, I have the answer, right? So, uh, but yeah, until then, I'll I'll be sticking with them. I think for a good long while. I'm glad it's working for you, man you're uh deserving of all the good stuff and i'm glad that it's working out for you our trademark final question for you blake aside from work and personal projects what's one thing in the world that you're excited about right now uh i currently have an unhealthy obsession with warhammer uh dude that that game is so fun so i i I don't get a lot of time off obviously but um i do have a dedicated friday friday evening to go to my local game store and play some warhammer um and that has been a great stress relief because no matter how much you work you always need some kind of time off right even if it's only a few hours you gotta have something and so warhammer became that thing uh and it's been super super fun but uh in addition to that uh, Diablo 2 Remastered was announced not too long ago, and holy smokes, um, I feel like a little kid again. Uh, even just watching the gameplay videos of Diablo 2 Remastered, oh my gosh. Like, I, I'm probably going to be dedicating a few streams just to play Diablo 2, because that is that looks so freaking cool, man. It looks incredible. 
if I find a, w a way to get a copy of it, uh, I'm going to be uh, experiencing the expansion pack with you for the first time because I had only ever played Diablo 2 Vanilla before moving on to EverQuest. Nice. Hell yeah, dude. You'll love it. Oh, it's going to be so fun. Is that, are those all uh, Warhammer minis on the shelves behind you? Uh, yeah. I like um, it, man. For those, I also have I also have more in a case down here because I haven't taken I haven't taken them out from when I played at the store, and then I got another pile down here. There's like a pile of boxes. You can kind of see them down here. Um, unbuilt ones. Uh, I, I got a lot. <laughs> for those just listening, there's one, two, three, four, f what eight shelves, and then stuff that we can't see. So Blake, some of these are poser. terrain. Like these these are big big pieces of terrain that I've been building. Um, but yeah, I, I do have a lot of miniatures. I actually recycled hobbies. I've been selling magic cards. Um, I've had a, I've been collecting magic cards for gosh, since I was a kid, but I stopped buying them when I stopped, uh, playing after college. Um, so I've just been selling singles and using that money to buy Warhammer. And turns out I had some cards that were worth a lot. <laughs> so it's been nice recycling hobbies. Very cool. It's been yeah. fun. I hope that everybody wants to distract us. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I, I thought I was waiting for Blake to respond to your uh, your point, but it's fine. Um, oh, if it. anyone wants to distract uh, Blake during his stream, all you have to do is ask to see one of his paint jobs, and he'll spend like twenty minutes talking about it and, sh and focusing it on the camera. So no, it's, don't. It's, that's. <laughs> I'll never get any work done. <laughs> I do hey, it to Blake, myself. What's that, Blake? What's that latest mech you painted? No. What about your thousand sons? What do you, you mean? You did those I'm... too, right? No, do you have I don't any... play Warhammer. What are you talking about? Do you have any orc paint jobs? Yeah. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I've been building and painting a whole orc army, and it's awesome. And no, I'm not going to show you. <laughs> Actually, I do have an alternate Instagram. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Well, you but gotta... we, we won't talk about that either. Oh yeah, and we actually, will. We're gonna link that in the show notes too. Oh, oh will we? Oh boy. But I do gotta get running. I think I'm actually in trouble. Oh shit. I'm so sorry, man. <laughs> um, okay. I don't mean to be it's holding okay. you up, dude. No, thank no, you. It's good. Thank you so much, Blake, man. This has been a lot of fun. Uh and I really appreciate you taking the time to talk about all this because I mean there's a lot of emotional content in what you're talking about when you're that close to a lot of the subjects that we're that we're talking about. It takes a, a brave uh brave face to talk about all of these things so i really appreciate it this does the world a lot of good man thank you so much yeah dude of course and thank you guys for bringing me on you know i i, I do talk about a lot of this stuff on my own you know twitch channel i'm pretty open you know about stuff because i mean the artist struggle is real man and people don't really talk about it like specifically they this you know they just they just say oh you know you'll starve you won't make money uh, first of all that's not true as long as you're working hard, but they don't tell you, you know, what the work is. The other thing too, is every artist's journey is totally different. No two people that I talk to have the same story. Um, you know, like a, a lot of other careers that make a lot more money, you know, being a dentist, a doctor or a lawyer, like your paths are pretty much the same, right? But no two artists have the same success stories or failure stories. Everything is different. And I, I feel like people should talk about this more. Because it will, it could help, uh, could help prepare a lot more people and uh, 
prevent them from quitting their art dreams. I know way too many talented people who stopped making art because they didn't know what they were in for or, or didn't understand or weren't warned about it or didn't get uh, the help or resources that they need. And so I got to, you know, credit the Twitch community as a whole, uh, especially you, Moose, you, Joby, uh, and several other people, uh, even here in chat, like amazing people who provided great information to help um, help bolster the success of a lot of artists, not just not just me, but lots of people in, in this community. And it, it's awesome. More people need to talk about this stuff. Usually on our show, we bring in people because they've been successful at something, right? Like they're good. At, we brought you on because you had a successful Kickstarter, for example. Um, but we rarely bring people on to talk about like either their failures, whether that was a stretch or not called anything we talked about today, a failure, maybe the health issue stuff, but, um, or, you know, the ways that they've been stressful or struggling. And I think that that's something maybe we, we should talk, be talking about more with uh, people in their, uh, in their avenues, because if we jump straight to the successes, then we might be misleading people to think that if they do what X person did, they'll get that person's success without actually talking about their uh, trials and tribulations. Right. And that would be maybe making people compare, as uh, Sam Gushu has mentioned uh, in her stream, uh, this quote of don't compare uh, your behind the scenes to other people's highlights. And if we focus only on the highlights, that may be mis misleading to the audience here. Yeah, it's it's tricky though, right? Because it can feel a bit uh, delicate to you know make that pitch like, hey, let's talk about the ways that things haven't turned out the way that you wanted them to. <laughs> that's, that's well, that's basically yeah. what we did with Blake. It, pretty but, much, but, but you got to have champ. a positive spin on it somehow, right? You, you can't just say, "Well, my Kickstarter flopped and that sucks." <laughs> Right. You, you got to you got to have the positive spin on it, too. Like my Kickstarter flop because I did this and this and this wrong. And then my next one did better. Right. So uh, you got to have the problem and then the solution, at least in something like a like a podcast or, or if you want to teach somebody something. Um, so but yeah, I mean, I do think more stuff like that does need to get talked about so that less people quit their dreams so that they'll at least try. And if it fails, they'll understand that everybody fails. And, you know, you can still have success in the future. Right on, man. Wise words. Well, I won't keep you anymore, dude. Thank you again. I will wave goodbye and we'll see you again, man. We'll see you real soon. Right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it.